Good morning and welcome to everybody. Really thankful to have you here today. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us live on YouTube. Appreciate you being part of this service. Today is starting in a really special kind of way. We're really blessed to have uh, been a part of the Eisenhart's life for a long time. Uh, I would be surprised if Mama didn't get baptized in this water and now generations are kind of following in her footsteps. So that's a really, really neat deal. Um, If you don't know, I hope you do, um, this is Aubrey Eisenhart. Everybody say hi, Aubrey. It really has been a joy to be in Bible classes with her, to be at camp with her, and to have had a a good discussion about what baptism means. She uh, came up Wednesday night and said, it's time. I'm ready to be baptized. And we got to visit about that and talk about that in a very powerful sort of way. God was there, and and it was just really, really neat to to hear her responses. And so um, I want to I want to ask you a couple of questions. Are you ready to rock and roll with that? Okay. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came and gave his life on the cross and that God raised him up? Yes. And I want you to now tell us, answer, are you ready to make Jesus the king, the ruler, we use the word Lord, the Lord of your life? Yes. That's as loud as it gets with... Aubrey, (laughs) I've had a couple of, and what I want you to do is now listen. Are you ready? Church, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? And are you living in such a way as to make him the Lord of your life? And uh, I want to ask you for a commitment to do what you can do in the way you walk and live and the way you surround Aubrey such that you point her and lift her up and help her along that way. Are you really willing to make that commitment? Yes. I'm thankful to hear that, and you should be thankful to hear that as well. We don't do this by ourselves. We, we make it through the Christian life because we have people that surround us. So I want to invite her family to come on up to the... And if, if grandparents and uncles would like to come on up to the stage, you're welcome to do that at this time. Callan Callan was telling me he remembers when he was up here in this water. And and I hope that each of you, any time that a baptism takes place, it reminds you of the day that you put Jesus on in the waters of baptism. And so we're going to baptize you now, okay? I bet they want to hear this. Uh, We talked about this. There's nothing that I'm doing here. If there's, any, there's nothing that you're doing here, you've made a decision that you need Jesus. And so it isn't by me, but by Jesus, that you're going to be baptized. And again, we say it in the power of Jesus. And what he promises is that those who choose to put him on in baptism to reenact his death, burial, and resurrection that they will receive forgiveness of sins. And this isn't just a one-time thing. This is an ongoing part of your life. And as your sin is emptied from you, you are filled with what we call the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're ready to do that, we're going to baptize you.
Please rise and join me in singing. I sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. We'll, we'll be standing in just a moment. In fact, we'll go on and do that. Uh, I'm 
Audrey, Aubrey. Let me get this. I want to ask Aubrey and her family to come here. Gary McBrayer is going to come and word a blessing. If the youth group would like to surround her, if you would like to walk down and be around her, you're welcome to. Uh, wherever you are, if you would please stand and join us in this prayer of blessing, I particularly would ask, uh, if you're led or willing, that you would just kind of reach out with your hands, symbolically joining us and laying hands on her in this prayer of blessing. Gary? Pray with me, please. Our Holy Father, we know you are the Lord Most High God. And it is today that we recognize that we are going to rejoice with the rest of the angels as Aubrey has chosen to put your son on in baptism. We pray that she will always strive to live a life worthy of the calling. That we too, as her spiritual family, also lead that life worthy of the calling the calling of your name. And we, hear th- we give this prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We love you with the love of the Lord. We love you with the love of the Lord. We see in you the glory of our King. And we love you. Hasn't it already been a great day to gather together and worship? You can be seated. Um, I encourage you to get a hug before the day's over and, and uh, be reminded of the day that you too put Christ on in baptism. Uh, if this happening today and you're visiting with us, whether you're online with us or you're here in person and you have questions about what it is to be baptized, do not hesitate to give me a call, get in touch with me, and I would love to have that conversation with anybody that would like to do that. As we continue to move forward and as times are, are getting more interesting all the time, I just want to remind you, if you're not on our uh, text Uh, list to be given uh, up-to-the-minute information. I I really want to encourage you to, and again, the instructions are right there on the screen. It's not that hard. LJC update. And if you would text that to 979-217-3300, that will put you on a list. And if we have any kind of last-minute changes or, again, particularly pressing information that we want you to make make you aware of. You'll get it right to your phone instantaneously. And I think that can be a great benefit to anyone, whether you're here in person or joining us on YouTube. I encourage you to do that. I hope you got a copy of the Caring and Sharing on your way in today. You'll find it on on the table in the back. Uh, Also, you can always get a copy of the Caring and Sharing through our website, www.ljchurch.org. And uh, keep that with you. Keep it up on the one. I always I have Safari up on my iPhone, and the top screen is always the, the bulletin, and it helps me out in that way. We continue to be celebrating the Lord's Supper uh, with individual uh, elements. We won't be passing our elements. So if you don't have one of these and would like to participate in the Lord's Supper in just a minute, they're right there on the back table. Hope you got one. Also, again, there are several ways that you can be prepared for contactless giving, including uh, the box that's back in the back back there. And finally, moms and dads, we'll be doing our kids' gift uh, following uh, our regular blessing on our giving.
want to take uh, some things that are coming up and kind of take them in backwards order, I guess would be the way, things that are furthest off. Uh, this fall, we're going to be kicking off our life groups on September the 19th, or at least the week of September the 19th. Sign-ups will be, begin the week before that, so this is happening after Labor Day, and my guess is a lot of you will be busy, so I wanted to mention it to you now. Uh, there's going to be group details coming soon in the caring and sharing, and I want to want you to be aware of that and just kind of planning for and maybe even praying about how God wants to use life groups in your life this fall. Also coming up in two Sundays, so on the 12th will be our Family Fellowship Sunday, including a potluck meal immediately following the services. That'll be on the 12th. And then tonight, tonight, invite you to be back here. Uh, we'll have a, a great time of, of kind of closing out Jerry's wonderful lessons on prayer. And uh, he has asked if you have any, any particular questions, something that's come up in one of the lessons, or maybe you're not sure whether it has, doesn't matter. He would love to have a text from you that would have that question. He'd like to be able to uh, answer those during our time tonight. And then, of course, following uh, our, our lesson, there'll be a, a taco salad bar, and, and there's some names in the caring and sharing for you to ask if you'd like to bring anything to that. Uh, if you don't bring anything, it's not a big deal. We have always had plenty of food, so please come be part of that with us tonight. We sang that song, All in All. Yes, that beautiful piece of... of of music that, that rings so easily in our hearts and has that incredible sentiment of, I want God to have all of me. And uh, was was a really neat part of talking to Aubrey about baptism is the way that, and, and, and again, immerse is just not a word we use very often these days, but the idea that I want all of me to go into Christ and into the water and he creates a new being. You are my all in all. My life begins with you and my life ends with you. And when we have a moment like this to get to stand and sing and give our hearts to God, it gives us a very special blessing. Amen? Amen. So let's stand for the next song. Holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world. They sound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us
Father, our God, we come humbly before you, proclaiming you as a great and holy God, merciful and gracious, all-powerful and all-knowing Father. And we know that you sent your Son into this earth to redeem us, to save us, all of us, Father. And we're so thankful that you did. Father, we give you thanks for Aubrey this morning as she heard you call And she responded to your call, Father. And now she has been buried with Christ and has risen to a new life. And we're thankful, Father. Help us to be an encouraging congregation of friends for her. Father, we want to remember those people in Haiti and those people in Afghanistan that are going through such difficult times of war and earthquakes and flooding lack of food and water. Father, please be with them. Bless them. Soften the blows that they have encountered. We ask that you bless our leaders uh, of our state, but of our nation, as they'll make wiser decisions, Father, moving forward to help our nation, but also to help other nations that we reach out to. Father, help those people in Louisiana that are facing a hurricane today. We ask you to soften the blow that uh, will come with rising water and heavy rain. May you preserve lives there, Father. They've been suffering through the years from, from so many difficulties, and we've experienced those too. Father, help us in our sufferings uh, that, we cha- that we experience, the challenges that we face. Help us to see them with perseverance. And help that perseverance, Father, to produce character in our lives. And we know that Paul tells us that character will not disappoint because it will encourage the hope that has been placed in our lives by your Holy Spirit. Father, we look to you and we know that your grace is sufficient in all the difficulties that we will face in life. And each one of us faces those difficulties. Help us as we face this COVID pandemic in our nation and in our area, especially through these, these trying times now. Help us to be patient with one another and understanding, but help us to be wise, Father. Give us a resistance to the, to the infection and, and, and keep us safe. Soften the effects on our community and our nation, Father. 
Father, we know that you're the source of all of our blessings and our salvation. And we're so thankful that you are. We're so thankful you've given us a congregation and family to worship with and to love. And we ask you be with us today as we lift your name up and give you glory. All through your son's name. And in his name we pray. Amen. You are beautiful beyond description, to marvelous for to wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. And I stand, I stand in awe you. I stand, I stand in awe together every Lord's Day, um, the importance we put on the different uh, phases that we go through worship, 
You know, we started out this morning with a baptism. How great is that? And the blessing that that brings and the commitment to that path that that young soul is on, but then in turn the commitment that we have as individuals to nurture those people as they start on that new journey. And um, something that, that uh, I was looking as I was kind of preparing for uh, the Lord's Supper this morning, and uh, one thing I do every day, I get it, I'm in a routine. Sorry about that, but I have a routine. I get up, I go get my coffee, I go to the porch, bring up my Bible app, I share scripture with Kaylin and Taylor, and then there's a gift that I get every single day. And so there's a lot of thought that's put into this, and that is them sending four hearts back to me. <laughs> kind of corny, but hey, it works. And, um, but that, that's, that, I guess, the sign that they got the, got the scripture, they read it, and always leave it open for if they have questions, but then I send four hearts back to them. And uh, it's just something that we've been doing. And I looked at it the other day, and it was something in the nature of 690-something consecutive days. How much? Oh, we missed one. It ran my bad. So I did. I missed one. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's because I was still asleep. Got out of routine. But when you think about gifts and you're going to give something to somebody, something that you really want to be special and, and you give it a lot of thought, uh, there's no doubt that, that that thought process that we go through is very special. And um, it comes with either a high cost, could be something that financially that you're going to do. Um, it's Maybe it's time that you're going to spend but it meets a, sp- a specific need and desire for the intent or the impact that it's going to be there. So every time we think about that gift, it brings back the joy. So if there's something that you have that you receive something from somebody and you pick that up, what are the thoughts that it brings back? You know, I have one for my papa that I will never forget. And he gave me this license plate that was on his very first vehicle that he bought. And it's hanging in my garage. And so when I look at that, it brings back memories of us fishing. It brings not just the, not just the sign, but what we did for it and what we did together, and and uh, and the time that we spent. Um, so no gift can measure the weight or the importance of the sacrifice that Jesus gave. His gift is a gift that we almost can't put a number to it. We can't put significance to it. We just know that there was a purpose and when I see that cross and that cross is empty you know what does that mean for each and every one of us and that uh, we come here to celebrate this and so I would ask that y'all please take your bread out of your element and hold it in your hand and uh, as I pray I want you to think the gift that God gave his son for each and every one of us. I don't care how bad you are, how good you are, 
everything in between, in his eyes, it doesn't matter. It's all forgiven. He gave it all. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you and we take this meal together, what a blessing it is for us to be unified and looking at your son and the example that that he has given to us and for him giving up his soul and his body. Let us take this bread. Let us remember that time and pray in Christ's name. Amen. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Go ahead and open up the cup. Our fathers, we come before you again in prayer. We are holding in our hand that element which represents your son's blood that was given to us on the cross that will wash away all our wrongs. We have no scars left from your forgiveness. Only your son shows those of the pain that he gave up his side being pierced and it flowing from him. Let us take this cup in that remembrance and pray in Christ's name. Amen. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What a blessing it is for us to commune together. Also at this time we have a chance to give back and um, and the needs of this church, the people in our uh, ministry fields that there we have working, um, also uh, for the children who will give. I'm going to uh, offer up that prayer, and then uh, kids can come down, give them their gift, and then they can head to uh, uh, their services in the back. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you so much for the many blessings you have given us, and uh, the amount of uh, money can never replace what you have done for us. We just know that we give from our heart because of the love that we have for you and uh, we have the love for your work. Uh, Let us uh, give freely and just realize that what we are sharing with each and every one here, that it goes beyond anything that we could ever grasp because of your uh, blessings on us. And pray in Christ's name, amen.
Good morning. I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your heads and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do, do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Please stand for the song before I listen. <clears throat> Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless? In awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. Back into order, who makes the orphan a son and daughter, the King of glory, the King above all kings, who rules the nations with truth and justice, stands like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory. The King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your love. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. 
King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. No, <laughs> stay standing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mark. I, I didn't prepare Mark for that. <laughs> and I didn't mean to scare anybody. I apologize. Mike, you've never been that quick on that button before, <laughs> but you got me today. Oh, recite with me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the whole church said, Teaching, yes, you may be seated. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Sandy. Bring me back to earth every once in a while. Teaching has been around for a very, very long time. Uh, Probably started with the idea that Eve needed to make sure that people knew how to build a fire. Adam needed to be sure how... Uh, They knew how to hunt game or maybe to scratch the earth and put seeds in and bring forth from the ground. Uh, Parents have always had to teach children the the arts of survival. Um, I remember Elise one day uh, decided to drop a penny behind a plug. And uh, that had a big reaction and she learned two lessons. One, don't put pennies behind plugs. And number two, it really doesn't do any good to lie about doing it when you're fingers are charred. So, but somewhere about five or six hundred years before Christ, um, the process of logic began to take place. And Socrates is kind of credited with that earliest form of, of, of uniform sense of logic and wisdom. And he uh, began what was called the Socratic school. If you were wealthy and you were male... You, and you lived anywhere near where Socrates was, you could come and be part of the Socrates school. And, and there are records of that, and even some of what is written about Socrates seems to come from that school. Interestingly, almost at exactly the same time, um, Isaiah is writing and, and Israel is going into exile. And in exile... Israel began to realize, it was in exile or after the exile that Israel began to realize we can't just think of ourselves as being God's people because we have Jerusalem or we have the temple. In fact, what being God's people had been destroyed for the most part. No land, no temple, no sacrifices, no nothing, except what they took with them to exile apparently was 
some of the earliest forms of some of the books that we have or all of the books that we have in the Old Testament. And they began to build buildings. We call them synagogues, places to gather. And what they decided they needed to do at the synagogue was to read God's word together. It is even at that time that the form of the books that you have in your New Testament, not the order that you have, but the form that they appear in your Old Testament, begins to really kind of take its final, uh, the way it's composed for you now. But the synagogue was not just used on Saturday, Sabbath day, to sit and read. Synagogue became a place because if we're going to learn what God says, we're going to need to be able to read what God says. And so, again, not my fault. Please don't blame me. I'm not exactly sure it's God's fault. This seems to be part of the fall. They said the boys could come to synagogue and the boys would sit in synagogue and they would learn their alphabet, their Hebrew alphabet, and then they would begin to learn words. If you look at Psalm 119, each one of the sections of that psalm begins with a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so you would learn your alphabet by memorizing things like this. They would, of course, turn to the book of Proverbs and read it together over and over again. The teacher would read it. They would read it. They would, he would ask questions and they would respond. A system that continued when they returned from the exile and came back to the promised land, came back to Judea and came back to Galilee. In fact, this would have been the kind of school that Jesus himself grew up in. And would have learned God's word. We would say maybe for the first time, it's hard to know. Jesus seems to know a lot of things innately. He's specially gifted with the Holy Spirit. But it is, to a certain extent, what he's doing when at 12 years old, he decides to get lost from his parents and stay in Jerusalem for two days and sit in the temple and hear them ask questions and ask questions himself and participate in this dialogue. He had already learned enough to participate in that dialogue. The American experience. John Adams said in early America that we would have to have education for everyone. Democracy will not work if all her people are not educated. It wasn't just the wealthy. Again, the European system that they came from would have said if you were wealthy enough, if you were a landowner and you were a male, you could learn. When it came to America, John Adams particularly, and Benjamin Franklin to a certain extent, said we've got to have schools for everybody. And they can't be the kind of thing that you have to pay for. The government's going to finance. In fact, Pennsylvania became the first place to actually put money aside to say, no, we're going to educate absolutely everybody. It's kind of interesting to me when you look back to the earliest classrooms, they all have blackboards. Isn't that amazing how blackboards got started so early and you'd have to write on it with chalk and do your math and do your words and all those kinds of things. And while we don't have necessarily blackboards anymore, classrooms are still filled with whiteboards and things like that. And no matter how much technology has advanced, the requirement for education is that there is a teacher, that someone who has a set of knowledge wants to pass that along to another group of people. Uh, one of my favorite authors, Patricia Palaka, uh, writes a book called The Triple Creek Dam Affair. 
And in this, uh, the, the story unfolds of, of a whole city where they have replaced all books with televisions. And even in school, teachers have been replaced by televisions. Except the problem is that nobody can read and nobody knows what they're doing. And so you need to read Ant, Ant Chip and the Triple Creek Dam Affair someday if you want to get the end of that story. Because what we've discovered is that technology can be a great help, but it cannot replace the teacher. Amen? And uh, we are really thankful to have a congregation that is filled with people, so many people who give their lives to that educational process. We've been praying over them recently. In a relatively unique way, the book of Deuteronomy points us to a more fundamental form of teaching. Because you see, unfortunately, the addition of professional teachers in education, and then to a certain extent the addition of professional ministers, professional biblical teachers, have some, in some ways made parents feel a little bit left out in that process. What started as a process that was exclusively about parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles teaching nieces, nephews, children, and grandchildren how to live life and do, became slowly but surely supplanted by the idea of, no, you send your child to a special place and you allow those professionals or those experts to do the teaching. No matter how good our Bible classes are, and our Bible classes are great, That was not enthusiastic enough. And our Bible classes are great. There you go. You're getting it. Um, Today, I didn't do this on purpose. It just turned out that that I I could and Sharon needed help. And I got to sit in on this wonderful teacher of preschool children. And how how children can come to understand the story of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi and the harvesting of grain and the way God wants to take care of us. And it was really very special to be there. No matter how great our Bible classes are, particularly for our children, they cannot replace theological learning that takes place at home. They will never replace theological learning that takes place at home. You say, wait a minute, I've got a two-year-old. What theology am I doing? When you sing Jesus Loves Me, you are participating in theological education. When you were here Wednesday night and Kaysen started, My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, you are participating in theological education. In many ways, I think some of our adult songs, we wrap so many complex phrases together, we almost miss the theology that's going on. That God is great, that this is amazing grace that we're doing, that his ancient words are sent to to our lives for us to fill us and to change us into what we are supposed to be. Powerful ways that you are involved every single day in theological education. You say, wait a minute, my children are out of the home. You're still teaching. You come to this church. You engage with children in your neighborhood. You run into your children and grandchildren, even though they're not in your house, and that process continues to take place. I'm kind of curious if you've ever been, not to a livestock show, but to a junior 
fair and livestock show. Anybody ever been to a junior fair and livestock show? Um, when I was in Belton for 17 years, that was a bigger deal than it is at the Lake Jackson Church. Terry teaches in, West, in the Columbia schools, and I think y'all call off school for a couple of days, don't you, for that? Is that true in Angleton as well, but still? Doesn't seem to be the case here. But I learned something very important. Parents may say, well, I don't know that I have anything to teach. I'm not sure I can help. I'm not sure. There's an expert who wants to do something more with them. But when I, very early on, this is way back in the early 90s, and I started attending, watching our kids. I was the youth minister showing their animals. I noticed something very important. No pig, no sheep, no cow, no chicken. Don't ask me how you judge a chicken. They got about two genes, and that, they're all about the same. Turkeys, they would judge turkeys. Turkeys only have four genes by the time they get to be that kind of thing. And rabbits, I love, the judge would pull the rabbit out of the cage, and he'd rub it like this. And I'm like, what in the world is going on with this rabbit? But, but there was never a moment at any of those shows that there wasn't a pig back there the day he was supposed to go in there and get judged, he, she, that there wasn't a child in that pen and at least one, generally two, parents in there washing it. They had blow dryers for the pigs, (laughs) making sure that it was just right. And constantly, now remember, show the pig, don't show yourself. Point to the pig, there are all these lessons going on. It made a big impact on me. Uh, I can remember very early on in my days there, and Ozzy has delivered a similar kind of message to our parents here, and I'm thankful for that. Ozzy's got a role to play in our youth group's lives. Amen? But he will never have as big an influence as moms and dads do. And if you are not willing to be teammates in that process, what he wants to do will have much less effect. I remember saying, I'll teach. I want to go to your kids' events. Y'all have to get involved in organizing this stuff. Because I can spend all my time organizing or I can spend my time teaching and visiting and going out and being with. And you know what they did? They jumped in with both feet because they saw a purpose and they saw a plan. God has always, and this is kind of interesting how Deuteronomy brings them back to this very important process. As families are in motion, as we continue to move forward, there is nothing that can replace it, nor is there anything more important than parents who want to tell children about the love of God. The passage that we just read, that Caden did such a good job of reading... um, points to three ways that we as parents are supposed to be teaching our children. First of all, it says, impress them on your children. Is the word of God involved in the life of your family? Randy, I didn't cue Randy to do what he said, but that's exactly what we're talking about. Randy finds time to be in the word, and Randy doesn't see that as an event that's just for himself, but Randy uses that time to pass it on to Kaylin and Taylor. They're never going to forget that. They may not get the details of what those scriptures are about, but the idea that the Word of God is important 
is being planted very deeply within them. And someday it may well be that that idea of the Word of God being important and that Grandpa sends a verse, it may be that if the Word of God is important, then what the Word of God says is important, and I want to hear that. This idea of impress them on them is just a very simple verb that says it ought to always be out there. We've been doing it for four weeks now. Is anybody tired of Hero Israel? Are you, is anybody tired of having to stand up and recite together, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one? I'm hoping not. Because I'm hoping that it is a repetition that you participate in your own life on a regular basis. Not that this is the only way to do it, but the idea that families might even try to memorize scriptures together. Pick one for a month, pick one for a week, and try to memorize it together. Because what you want to do is repeat it enough that it isn't simply God's Word over here in a Bible, but it is something that's part of our family, family's life. Impress them on your children. The next thing it says is talk about them when you sit and when you walk and when you lie down and when you get up. This idea of talking about the Word of God. That is to say, I am going to run into situations when I'm in the house. I'm going to run into situations when I'm out in the community. I'm going to run into situations when I'm at work or I'm working alongside my children at home. I'm going to run into situations as the day closes. And I want to be talking about what God has to say. I don't know about anybody else, but... My children grew up with lots of questions. Did anybody's children grow up with lots of questions? Maybe you're one of those children. I have a feeling you do because I've had you in Bible class and you're always kind of asking a question. Wait a minute, what? You know, maybe it's just the question of why do I have to be quiet when you're talking? Okay? We ought to have an answer for those kinds of questions. Maybe not those kinds of questions. But whenever they ask a question, have I been preparing my heart to talk about what God has to say about something, rather than simply saying something like, well, that's just the way we've always done it, or, forgive me, and I realize there's a point at which you get deep enough into the weeds that you simply have to say, I know that you're not convinced, but I need you to trust me on this. But I hope that your first reaction is not because I say so. Because of all the answers that we need to be giving, me saying so is so far down the line that it needs to be, in fact, the number one thing needs to be, well, God says this. And are you prepared to talk about that? And particularly in Jewish families, again, Jewish families that grew up educated in in that synagogue kind of school, where parents impressed words on them and repeated stories, there was always the sense of I answer a question with a story. There's an example right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Before you have to work up lesson plans or anything like that, here's how Moses describes this kind of teaching along the way. In the future, your children will ask, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you will tell them. Again, notice, 
Well, it's in this certain order. You have the worshiping God before, an interaction with people, and God really wants us to interact with people in a very powerful sort of way. It differentiates us from the other peoples around us. You don't need that. You get to tell a story. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes. Now, what I want you to notice is, is this is Moses speaking at the end of the 40 years. And most of the people that would have seen the signs, theoretically, according to the text, there would have only been three. Moses, Caleb, and Joshua, who would have seen those signs. But we say it as if it is our story. Amen? Let me give you a slightly adjusted New Testament. I was lost in sin, but Jesus went to the cross for my sin. And through the waters of my baptism, he removed those sins. Not just for me, but for all those who will turn to him in faith. Amen? Amen. See, it's not that story. It's not their story. It's... Our story. Brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land. He has sworn to our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees, to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. Talk about them when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, and when you get up. Finally, tie them. Tie them on your wrist. Put them on your forehead. And write them on the post of your door. we We would call it a gate to the house powerful way in which people would create symbols that kind of reminded them. Have you ever taken a post-it note and written your scripture for that month or that week on the post-it note and put it on the mirror in front of you so that you see it when you go to the bathroom, you go brush your teeth, whatever it may be? Can we, for our children, do the same sorts of things? And even before they read, can we Understand that symbols mean things and that they can interpret those symbols in what they're doing. When we make a song a part of our greeting for each other or our goodbye or our, our uh, good night to them. We sing a song to our grandchildren every time that we see them before we leave. If we're on FaceTime with them, we sing um, name of the child. Callie, 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 dear, you're very special. Brown, brown hair and hazel, hazel eyes. And we love you just that way. And they have a fun time with that. Joshua, towards the, uh, not the, the end of the book of Joshua, they will take stones and write the commands of God on these stones as a reminder. It's a very powerful way in which people don't even have to talk To remember what God has to say. My wife, appreciate it so much. Love the Lord your God. 
love your neighbor as yourself, is printed on the wall of our house. It's a very powerful thing that hangs over our dining room table as a part of our family's lives. So if we are to be parents who can teach, then we have to be parents who allow God to be our all in all, the fear of the Lord to be the number one motivation in our life and a desire to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Chapter 6, verse 6 says, These commands are to be on your heart. We cannot teach if we are not filled. And you cannot be filled without the Word of God being a regular part of your life. We cannot teach if prayer is not a regular part of our life. And we cannot teach church. We cannot teach if we have not let what God says change who we are. Not just that we have some answer for doctrinal nuances of the churches of Christ, but that we have an answer that says, I have learned who God is, and I've learned what's at the center of who God is, and from that core and that center radiates everything that I want to be about. These commands are to be on your hearts. And as God blesses us. Isn't it amazing that when we ask and open the door of our life for God to fill us with his word, to impress on us his word, to show us as we get up and lay down and go out and come in, to show us the way his love is manifested, we too can be people whose hearts are turned to God and therefore we have the opportunity to fill the hearts of those who are around us. Amen? Amen. So God's invitation continues to be. Because you can't substitute anything for this. I love God. Can you say it with me? I love God. Will you? Won't you? Can't you? Please. Take one more step today. To say, I want the love of God to be my all in all. I want the amazing grace of God to be the foundation upon what my life is built on. If we can help you in any way, waters of baptism, you want to be a part of this church family in a, in a, in a formal sort of way, or you need some prayer, not just of individuals in the church, but the church as a whole, to say... I have struggles and I need help. However, we can help you. Because what we want, what God wants, is for you to say, I love you. Won't you come as we stand and as we sing? When peace like a river Oh
seated. Um, our beloved Paula comes forward today asking for prayers for Mary, her daughter. Um, if you're not aware, she is re really struggling and has been now in the hospital for nearly a week since Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, has uh, been on some breathing assistance and they were able to remove that, but uh, Paula says they have had to put her back on that breathing assistance. In other words, she's struggling, very weak. Um, she asked specifically that we pray that God would bring healing for her so that she can get back to um, life without that kind of assistance and be able to leave the hospital whole and healthy. Um, Jerry, do you mind coming and wording that prayer specifically? Uh, if you're not aware, David and Michelle also have COVID. They're in El Campo, long ways from. If you're not aware, Mary lives in Buffalo Gap near Abilene, and that's where she is in the hospital. Uh, so uh, we need we want to honor her wishes and pray for her today. I have not Father. <clears throat> we just want to first of all thank you that. You have given us prayer, that you hear our prayer, that you are there, that you love us, you care for us. And Lord, at this time, we just want to especially raise up Mary to you uh, and Paula. We just ask for that physical healing of, of Mary and also of Michelle and David and, and many others who are afflicted at this time. Uh, Lord, just give us uh, strength and comfort, uh, but we just jealously ask for that healing of, of Mary and uh, just hold up Paula in our prayers to you to to let her feel your loving arms 
Uh, let us be your arms. Let us be your heart. Let us be your caring words to her of comfort and encouragement. Uh, Lord, we also want to remember those who are facing the hurricane, who have first, uh, who are in turmoil in Afghanistan. For those that have lost loved ones, Lord, just be with them as well. Uh, just thank you, Lord, for being there for us and, and knowing that we have a home for you. And whatever happens in this broken world, uh, that Jesus died for our sins, that we have a home that he has prepared waiting for us where we will be filled with everlasting joy. And Lord, it's in your son's name we ask these things. Amen. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us again today. Uh, it's been a great service, uh, fantastic. Whenever we can see a new uh, person join us, join the body in Christ of baptism and commit their lives and, and not only remember our own experiences in baptism, but also refresh our minds that that is our commitment too, even today, which may be several years after our our time in the water that we are now still committed. So that's been great to see. Uh, we want to also remind you of the cards that we have for our guests. If you are a guest with us today, there are cards in the back of the seat in front of you that you can fill out. We're trying to start that up again, and uh, you can give the card to one of the greeters at the back. I don't know. Uh, we could put them in the collection box, too, if you'd like, but uh, give us a record that you've been here so we can follow up and uh, and meet your needs as, as you have them. Um, we'd like to remind people that Alan has now become very regular, I think he said three weeks in a row, with his announcements. So, so this has become a good experience for us to uh, watch his updates. They have a lot of information on the goings-on uh, of the congregation as well as uh, the prayer needs. So watch that. You'll get the latest information that we have uh, available. We are in the process of the deacon identification uh, activities. Uh, we have now got a box, so it's official. We have a box on the way out. If you go past the center column before you get outside, turn around, and you will see a nice white box there that you can drop your signed form. Okay, it needs to be a signed form. Uh, a blank form doesn't do us any good. A form with names but no signature doesn't do us any good. So please try to try to provide that for us and drop them in that box. Um, I think there are forms back there in the green uh, area also. So the uh, process stops <clears throat> on September 12th. So we'll have a celebration, uh, you know, potluck, and we're not going to take any more nominations. So the end of the day, September 12th, that's done. Uh, so please, we like to have everybody's participation and involvement if, uh, if you can. Tonight is uh, our Summer Family Faith Fest. Did it again? Six o'clock. Um, and we're going to have some good food, taco salad tonight. So if you, uh, if you need to bring anything or have any ideas or things to bring, we have a couple women in charge of that that, uh, that you can check with them. Uh, is it Ann this week? Or uh, Arlene. Arlene Miller will be able to help with ideas there. So, uh, Alan's service, Alan's lesson today reminds us all of our participation in the effort to educate folks. And, and we have a number of things that we need to re think about. But, you know, I, I look at our youth group here, and sometimes the youth group thinks, well, we're just, we're just here. We're not really teachers. But then you've got to remember, there's younger people right behind you who are watching everything that you do. 
And everything that you do is teaching them something, good or bad. And then there may be other people on the other end of the spectrum that are saying, well, my, my kids have been gone for 20 years. I, I don't need to worry about this anymore. But no, just like the kids over here, we have people watching you and saying, well, this person has been a member of the body for a long time, but this is the, what they're doing. So we need to keep in mind in everything that we do is that we are living as an example of, of Christ and as a light for God in the community and in our body here. And always be aware of that. We have uh, a couple notes that have come in since we started service. Uh, Mary Hancock let us know that her granddaughter, Jade, is in New Orleans. She decided not to evacuate. Uh, so we do need to keep Jade in our prayers, uh, as, long, as well as the whole community that's in New Orleans, that area right now, because they're going to have a tough, tough time of it. And uh, keep, uh, keep them in our prayers. One of the things that Alan once said is, is how can God be glorified? through this. You know, we know all things work together for good. A hurricane coming into New Orleans doesn't seem like the best thing in the world, but maybe it's an opportunity for us to glorify God by our actions. So keep that in mind as, as the week unfolds and what can we do. Uh, so let's, let's, we have, we got a message from Jim and Judy Carl that Judy was in the emergency room. Uh, we didn't get many details of what she's going through, but again, we do want to keep them in our prayers. And then as we heard about Mary and Michelle and David and so many other people right now are dealing with COVID. So keep them in mind uh, throughout this week. Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful that you are our God. We're so thankful that you have set the world in motion, that you have blessed us so richly uh, in this community, and, and that we have had the opportunity to worship today, to study your word, to, to learn more about the message of having you in our hearts, our souls, and our minds. And we pray that you will guide us, that you will strengthen us in our efforts, that you will help us to look for any and every opportunity to show others your love, to show others your message, just to be the kind of people that you would want us to be in this community. Dear God, there are so many people that are worried and concerned about what's coming up with the hurricane uh, coming to land, and we pray that you will... Uh, bless people's hearts with peace, that you will protect them, that you will guide them and guard them, and that uh, you will help us to find the opportunities to help them. Uh, we, we pray for, for comfort, for all of the issues that people will be dealing with over the next several days. We pray that you will help, help us find ways to help them. Dear God, we lift up the people in our congregation that are currently dealing with illness, whether it's COVID or other things, that that you will bless them with recovery, that you will be with uh, people that are taking care of them, guide them in the treatments that they give, that they can uh, hasten a, a full recovery. We pray that you will keep us safe from the sicknesses that are out, that you will protect us uh, as only you can. We pray, dear God, that you will help us to be the living examples in all that we do, and forgive us when we fall short of what you need us to be. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's stand for our closing song. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning 
Me to victory. victory. 